This is TV8 My Dinner, a podcast about entertainment issues brought to you by DarkCrazy.com. My dinner. My name is Sean. I'm sitting here with Lynn and Tracy. Hello. Hello. We may be getting a visit from Greg. We're not sure. <laughs> Haven't heard from him yet tonight, but anything's possible. But we. And Sean has been whinging for at least half an hour that Greg isn't here yet. <laughs> well, we, that that just proves that we gave him ample time. It's like 20 minutes into the time, past the time we said we'd start. I'm just saying. Maybe he's forgotten what day it is again. This is, why, to do that. <laughs> this is why it's dangerous to take even a one-week hiatus. We just stopped recording for one week because we were kind of ahead. And already people forget when to call in. Well, Greg forgot. Everyone else is here. We're that, fine. That's okay. We got enough to make a show. This has always been a three-person show, more or less. So we'll as long as you're here, we'll have talking. And we'll beam him in during the sex parts if he shows up. He'll like that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, he got excited about the sex and space discussion. And tonight we're hoping to return to that a little bit and do a, a space exploitation kind of episode where we, we go into that a little bit and, and how we've seen that in movies and and what will happen as man travels off into space, man and woman. Because if it's just, just man, then not, not as successful. There's not going to be any pregnancies. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to be making babies that way. Men are really unnecessary in pregnancies, we're finding. Yes. Oh, really? Scientifically, two women can make a baby. Because oh. one woman can make a baby. Well, you just... you just uh, A sperm is just, you know, a little set of chromosomes. You don't need the male ones. Didn't they do that with really? mice or something? Just, they uh, they took a, an yeah. ovum and then they replaced it, the genes from the ovum, into, like, a sperm or something like that? Science! Yeah, you can quite easily just take away the men. Really? They're mm-hmm. actually finding that the Y chromosome is getting smaller. Sure. Yeah. So so men may be uh, actually evolving out. I'll back that up. I don't know why you said that so heartily. <laughs> really? I don't know why you're so happy with that idea. I'm not happy. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying I see the day. evidence. I don't need myself. We've done the, did this show for three years with Brooks and Greg both. Yeah, this show is evolving out of men. You know what I mean? It's crazy. true. Yep. When this show started, will, it, was we'll three, soon. it was three dudes without without a hint of femininity. Tonight's show, two women and me. So that's yeah, how that's the show. Much, one day, it, you guys will get like a third girl, and this whole show won't even have a man in it. <laughs> and or, then we'll be replaced male, by maybe, robots. Yeah, really, and they'll probably be girl robots. <laughs> but then, what will replace us? Then what will replace the females? Liquid well, girl robots. <laughs> liquid girl robots. Poly alloy. 
We will be replaced by nonsensical non-science. <laughs> the Jabberwocky. But that doesn't... How does that in Terminator 2 even make sense as a robot? What, the mercury alloy? You make a robot out of liquid metal. He's like, well, how does he work? What's, the, what's even the hint of science behind that? I don't know, but it looks cool. He shouldn't even be able to come through the time-space continuum because he's supposed to... It's only supposed to be organic materials that exactly. come through. Exactly. So somehow things. he's... Like, as a naked robot, is he's somehow organic. So he's not even a robot. He's some kind of organic living creature. I can send your liquid alloy through, but not your clothes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, that, that whole movie's sticking in my craw all of a sudden. We've said before, I guess. I didn't mean to take it there. It's just the opportunity arose. Well, anytime you can have a Terminator ranch on. Every, anytime you can take a poke at T2. Because uh, uh, Brooks brought it up, and I was actually a big believer of it I kind of like the movie and Brooks made his arguments very well like years ago and I was like yeah, you know that's right that movie is kind of crappy I didn't think about that <laughs> now I have a hard time with that movie I'm becoming a Puritan anything past the first one just seems stupid see I saw the second one first I tried to explain How I weird. tried to explain to a young friend why the second one didn't make sense uh, when it came to the philosophy of the first one and the whole time loop and he was like but they didn't stop the war in the first one I was like, oh, you don't understand anything. Yeah, the whole point is that it, it is like they, they create the future they're trying to stop because that's everything is meant to happen in a certain way. It's sort of fatalistic in a sense, but but it's a real interesting time travel story in that. But Yeah, and then but, in the second one it's just like, oh, that, that stuff doesn't matter. This is going to have a cooler robot and a better ending. That's all they came up with. When they're like, T2 would be awesome if we just put more money into it with a cooler robot and a happier ending. I that- know now why you cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But this is something I could because never do. Because you've seen do. the movie. Because it requires acting, Arnold. That's why you can't cry. <laughs> <laughs> do you think they're going to make a sequel after the last says. two? I don't think so because I know the third one was obviously I mean if you watch the third one was a setup of them wanting to make another and then that was crap and the idea of the salvation was a good idea and it was actually a, a pretty decent movie no it wasn't it but, was terrible oh you didn't like I it I hated it I think Mick G is an, a retard I swear not the, is that that not is that good that cl- Mick G yeah he calls well, himself the, Mick G McG, uh, anybody who calls McG, isn't that that radio DJ? Probably not. <laughs> no, it's McD. I'm getting sick of, I'm getting sick of of directors who have cutesy little DJ names anyway. Well, we saw it, him at a, um, a real at WonderCon in San Francisco, and he seemed like the biggest D bag ever. I swear. Oh really? Yeah. He's throwing apples at him. <laughs> Why apples? <laughs> apples. That's what you do. Because they're hard. <laughs> Just because Oh, because that, that'll get the point across. Well, well you no, can just I throw a tomato or just get squished and, you know, come on, that's just messy. Throw an apple, someone's going to get a bruise. <laughs> the problem that I had with, with, with uh, the Terminator Salvation, because I thought it was a decent movie. I enjoyed it. But the problem that I had with it is it mostly played itself off as, as connecting to the first film and didn't really acknowledge the others as much which I liked but at the same time he's cognizant of the fact that he's going to become the famous John Connor and so is everyone else so it is still an altered timeline where 
like he is like they've created this fate where he's going to become this great leader and everyone knows it and he's sort of legendary for it before he's done anything yeah so that's not what bothered me the most though what bothered me the most was that avatar guy who just ruins everything james cameron which Avatar guy? No. <laughs> oh, I'm talking about the oh, dude who plays God, the... Jason the, the one thing we didn't want was a good Terminator character. And they still had one. And they did it probably the best you can. Because at least... He, it was an interesting kind of story. I'll tell you what would have made Salvation work, though. Is if it came out a few years ago... And they had, used, they had Arnold in it. If, it would, if that was Terminator 2... And they had Arnold in it, and he played that character, and that character became the f- basis of the T-800 or whatever mm-hmm. model that is. Would have been relevant to the story, and it was all about the rise of the machines, and not anything that followed, like, John Connor's aware of what's going on and all that kind of stuff, but just the sort yeah, of Yeah, but as you said, we it required for. acting. <laughs> yeah. Not that much. That guy, I mean, I, I don't want to say anything about him because it's not so much him as the, the fact that every him. movie he's in is crap but still it's gotten me to the point where I don't like him I think of him and he's like you know you're, you're a bad apple you're, you're ruining things just a bad penny turning up wait is this the guy from Clash of the bad. Titans yes yeah also crap he's bad in that too it's like stop stop revisiting my childhood you ruined James Cameron you ruined Terminator you ruined Clash of the Titans and he didn't ruin Terminator because I don't hate that movie, but I'm just saying, you know, it didn't make a whole lot of money. So the, and if you ruin the franchise, whether or not I agree with the, with the story. So just knock it you off. You made Sean angry. <laughs> you made Sean angry. Well, first of all, the guy's, I'm not saying he's bad, but he's not that great. And why did he just all of a sudden pop up and he's in all these major pictures? Why didn't anybody, like, like nobody, why did they rubber stamp this guy in all the most important like genre films that came out of the time? When did he all of a sudden? Who's his agent? Because his agent. Because everybody like, else read the script. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to know how, like, they got him in these movies as like Terminator, important franchise, and this is really going to resurrect that franchise. Who do we get to be in it? This guy. Who the hell is that guy? I don't know. I hear he's going to be in a James Cameron movie. Oh well, then he must be awesome. <laughs> then Avatar. This is I've been working on this movie for twenty years. This is going to be the movie that makes everything. Like who did I get in it? This guy. Who the f- hell is this guy? Never heard of him. It's like he's going to be great. It's fine. Most of the movies CG anyway. So what do you care? And like, then it yeah, lost good point. at the fine. Oscars. Actors are irrelevant. Well, of course it's. Boo boo to his ex wife. I know. <laughs> Scandalous. Oh really? Yeah. His yeah. wife directed the, the one Hurt Locker. The best picture. Ex-wife. Ex-wife. Oh. Well, that's Bobo. Nice. Sad for Cameron. Also, that's I heard nice. that the reason why they divorced was he was caught cheating on with another actress at, like, the Emmys or something ten years ago when they were still together. Yeah, I think James Cameron's kind of a, you know... I wouldn't put I don't think he's a good yeah. guy. Because he was with Linda Hamilton forever. And then he got big after Titanic and then they're not together anymore are they I don't think so <laughs> I don't think so if he's had this ex-wife in between yeah he's already had another wife in between who did the Hurt Locker I think I who's the actor who's the director I know her <laughs> Mrs. X Cameron not well enough or... Mrs. Cameron 
Okay, well, what the guy says doesn't matter. Because <laughs> I don't know who that was. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, people get too big. I think James Cameron, it, maybe it took a toll on his personal life. I don't know him personally. But it did take a toll on the quality of his movies when Titanic came out. Because he hasn't done anything good. And Avatar was the closest thing. thing. Anyway. Well, he got all big and he's like, Titanic's the first real film I ever made. Everything I made before this is crap. It's like, well, Titanic sucks, so what does that say about you? I love Titanic. I love Titanic, It's too. okay. <laughs> Take an hour out of it. Yeah, I mean, see, see how, without the Y chromosome, where the show goes? <laughs> yeah. Two-thirds of the show likes Titanic. It's like, oh, Christ. This is where we're headed, people. This is what you did I to like us, I like Titanic for what it is, you know? I don't try to see too much well, in it. It's just a fun, it's I don't a fun movie. I don't hate it. But you could take an hour out of it and make it a good movie. Like you definitely could take it, a long yeah. time out of it. meanders to the point where it ruins. You know, it, it, I've said it before, so I guess, but the, I don't believe it because they're on the Titanic and somehow they feel like they have yeah, to the create... Yeah, the dude's running over the gun and stuff. An element. Yeah. yeah, they have to create a dramatic element. It's the Titanic! <laughs> like, we're going to have to come up with a story that works for... This. It's the Titanic! <laughs> it has a story! What happens when the boat starts sinking? We need a big climax. It's the Titanic! They're all drowning. Everybody dies. You've built Everybody the whole dies. movie around this. Yeah, 1,500 people dying, people floating in frozen water. is a horrific disaster. And then suddenly, Billy Zane's chasing them around in the like, sub-temperature like, sub waters. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. No, can't accept it. I'm a sucker for historical drama, so that's particularly why I like it. Well, maybe if they. I like Kate and Leo. So I think that they carry the movie with their chemistry. They're so good. Mm-hmm. They're so fun to watch that I, I don't mind what they're doing. Well, like I won't them. argue that the people in the movie are great. I won't argue that. I just saw. Uh, I, I do think Kate Winslet in um, oh, what was that movie with also with Leonardo DiCaprio, um, where they're oh, in the nineteen fifties. Whatever Revolutionary Road. Yeah, or Revolutionary Road. Very Revolutionary good. Revolutionary Road. Yeah. Is so it depressing. good? I haven't seen it yet. It's, it looks unbelievably depressing. It is very depressing. Yeah, I don't like depressing things. It's extremely oh, depressing. Maybe I won't watch it. Um, I don't watch depressing things. I, don't think I can get depressed enough on my own without watching depressing movies. <laughs> I don't mind if it's really good, but yeah, I'm not, I don't gravitate towards that. I'll tell you, though, I watched The Last Airbender. Oh, that was terrible. Oh, that sounds depressing. Oh, my God, that stuck on the joint. I can't even believe it. Like, I mean, I, I almost don't want to take time out to tell people how bad it is because... It just, I feel like that might be giving it too much credibility. But, I mean, I knew it wasn't going to be good, but I still watched it because I, you know, I want to I wanna know what's going on with things. You know, i got my finger on the pulse. i got to maintain that. So I'm watching Last Airbender, and I was just blown away by just, I can't believe how, I'm not even talking about the story-wise anymore. I'm not just talking about the story here, although the story is, is a, a part, in part to blame but I'm just talking about the movie felt like it was put together by people who didn't know how to put a movie together like the the performances were bad mm-hmm. the pacing was unbelievably awkward you know they stop I mean Shyamalan's bad about this but usually he saves it till the end but like every scene instead of having a visual transition every scene is just someone telling you what happened between scenes like and then we went to these cities and we did all this kind of stuff. Like, well, why is this a book on tape? Like, you've got the screen time to explain to me in pictures what's happening. 
So why is it that you've already got a narrator? Not enough pictures in this movie. More pictures. <laughs> well, I, it's a visual medium. Why is this book got words? <laughs> Show don't tell is even a rule when you're writing a book, which just means don't have the narrator explain what's happening. Have the story explain what's happening. The story should hold up on its own. And in this movie, like they'd have a scene where nothing essential happens, and then they'd go to this montage where the narrator tells you all the things that happened in between. It's like, well, that seemed kind of important. Why didn't you just tell me that in the, what we just watched? And then well, they it's cut because to some it was based on like a whole figure. series of anime or manga or whatever. It's well, called. if you can't make and, the and movie, don't to make get the it movie. All in there. Yeah, well, it didn't work because you could have just had him read the comic to us the whole time. If that's oh, to get it all in here, let's just have a narrator do the whole thing, and I'll show you pictures behind that. To me, what I don't know why it had to be a live-action movie anyway. Yeah. It seemed a waste of time when you've already got a pretty good cartoon series. Right, well, that's... People just want... And things are more fun. Like, like DC Comics does all these animated movies that are, that are decent based on their com- comic books. But it's like seeing an animation based on a comic seems like it doesn't bring it to life. If you want to see someone try to do it in live-action, it brings it to life and makes it more interesting. I didn't say it was based on a comic. Was it based on a comic? No, I'm just saying it's the same principle. You see a visual medium that's not live action, but it makes it real to you to see it in live action. It's more interesting. I and don't they mind. They cast a white kid. That annoyed people. Oh yeah, well, people got really upset. I don't know. Well, I don't agree with that. But God, I don't want to. I don't want to talk about the kid. But the whole thing was bad. He couldn't act. It was terrible. These these scenes that are supposed to mean something when they're talking about, and he's just giving speeches to people like dirt benders unite. You're like, holy god! What killed me like, was one the, of the ones I hate the most in war. It movies. used to be that dirt benders made it look. <laughs> apparently, their power is to throw dirt at people. It's no wonder that they're just somewhere in a camp feeling disgrace. Your power is to just move wind. Yeah. Well, the special or, effects the bad were guys, bad too. And the, the whatever martial arts that was, it was almost like dancing. It, it just made me laugh. Oh, my God. It was so bad. We used to watch when, you know, back in the day when we were watching good, bad movies, you know, when we were doing bad movie one night, we watched a movie called Desert Kickboxer. Oh, God. This is a good mo- movie from the vault for you. But in, in Desert Kickboxer, you got the guy who used to play Superboy. Remember that TV show? Mm-mm. Was I alive then? I know. Was this before my you time? Tiny. Oh God, maybe. <laughs> Lord, Greg. <laughs> what you do to me? Anyway, yeah, it was a while ago. It was after the Superman movies, but not long after. So this was probably the very late '80s, maybe early '90s. And they made a TV yeah, show I was, that was... <laughs> I was in kindergarten too. Well, they made it. It's it's on DVD. <laughs> But they made a TV show out of, out of Superboy. <laughs> yeah, it might be streaming. I'd watch it streaming. It was not a good show, but but yeah, Desert Kickboxer starred the guy who was in the first season of Superboy. There was more than one Superboy because they lost him after the first year. But Desert Kickboxer, so is, well, he actually had a, a, a creative ar- argument with the whatever. It doesn't matter. Super it was Boy? a crap show. What was? <laughs> <laughs> really got a little too cocky. No, I want Superboy to go. Well, actually, uh, if I if memory serves, it was a long time ago. Some of you weren't here then, but if memory, memory serves. serves, the in the first season they played it straighter. I mean, this, we could go way deep into the the background, but 
you know, when Superman was revamped, they sort of got rid of that bumbling Clark Kent kind of figure, and Clark Kent was just sort of a regular guy in the comics, you know, a more believable guy. He wasn't Superman, but he wasn't, like, tripping over stuff or acting like a weirdo. He was just a regular guy. That was the new, the modern-age Superman. And when they first did the, the very first season of Superboy, Superboy played the Clark Kent character that way. You know, not just like tripping over stuff, doing the Christopher Reeve kind of slapsticky stuff. Just, just a regular guy, and then he became Superboy and running around tights, beating up weirdos and stuff. But in this, the 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 producer was the same producer, Ilya Salkind, who you know the Salkinds made the the Superman movies back in those days, and they were a really big believer of that. You know, that slapsticky Clark Kent, and I think the they wanted him Batman. to be more like that. <laughs> Do they what? Bat repellent. The Bam Pow Batman. Adam West Batman. Bam Pow. Yeah, not quite as bad. But, you know, if you watch the old Superman movies, you see how Christopher Reeve did it. You know, it was like a big comic relief kind of thing. And that's what they wanted, and he didn't want that. And then somehow he ended up leaving the show and making movies like Desert Kickboxer. Right, back to Desert Kickboxer. Yeah, well, Desert Kickboxer, yeah, God. Like, so much story for so so little relevance to the topic at hand but the whole idea was in Desert Kickboxer what we used to love about it is he'd like he was like a guy who was like a Native American but he also did ninjutsu or whatever so he's defending the Arizona Native Americans or whatever and he's just up on a rock doing these awesome katas and just like these pelvic thrusts and whatever and, and like it looks like nothing to do with martial arts and that's what the airbender reminded me of so that's mm. where that's how i started that story but but yeah i mean it got it really did look like it was a choreographed like dance musical kind of movie like they would do these things where they're trying to do stuff and you're like what it's is even silly. going on yeah and all of the bad guys are literally laughable because the one bad guy is like this 14 year old i guess he's the kid from slumdog millionaire or something yeah. where he looks like him but he overacts so badly and just he's either crying or yelling for no reason and he's got this backstory that he goes into a, a great deal of trouble to explain because there's no way we can see that in the story someone has to stop the movie and explain stuff to us the other bad guy is Asif Manvi he's the baddie that's why he has a mustache and a white Persian cat well that's <laughs> what you need that's all we needed to go with Instead of like, why does this whiny little wiener boy even want to catch the the airbender? <laughs> because he wants and his fact, daddy's love. That's why. But while we're at it, you know, what is the end game for the Fire Nation? Because everything they do is to catch the the airbender because he's destined to stop them. But they don't seem to have a plan for what they would do in a world without the airbender. Which is, seems to be 90% of the time the airbender's been like trapped in a bubble under the ice for a thousand years. What were you doing before then? <laughs> Rounding up other benders and putting them in camps. To do what? They never even have any other agenda but getting people out of the way who might get in the way of their agenda that they might come up with at a later date. I've been in the revenge business so long. Doesn't that happen in the real world where people just take over other countries not because of any sort of... Uh, monetary gain, but just because they can. Like we were watching, think- we were watching um, Kundan on Saturday, and we were just kind of wondering, John and I, and we were thinking, like, who the hell wants Tibet? No offense to Tibet. Tibet, I'm sure, is a great country, but why would China go through such great lengths to swallow up an entire country that's like 500 years behind? Probably just because they could. 
I think that's where Japan. China are a bit massive asses. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's where Japan got smart in the, in the wake <laughs> that could of be any explanation. in the wake of World War Two. The the Japanese culture started to realize that that waging war wasn't profitable, so they actually became iPods the first possible. economic superpower. Yeah, in that sense, they were like, well, if we just built up and you know our exports, we could take over those places financially. Like we that don't, race in Star Trek that you said used to be wearing moon boots, and now they're just running all of the holopads. Yeah, like yeah, exactly the the Ferengi. That's the like, they, we don't have Ferengi. To, we don't have to defeat the Federation. When do we even want to? Mm-hmm. Well, th- there's a real th- there's a real lesson there. So I guess yeah, I guess maybe they're trying to make that statement an Airbender. Doubt that. My favorite so part of is space. Asif Man- Yeah, yeah, you think you're getting off that light. Asif- <laughs> but Asif Manvi, who's the main general bad guy, is like one of the guys on, on the, the Daily Show. show. And I, can, I, can I can help, help with like. Help with like, like, with like Associate with, with this, the, the, the guy you played on the Daily Show. So I had, I had uh, the hardest time trying to think of this guy. Not that he does. Have you turned into horrible. a bounty hunter, Tracy? Me? No. Because your audio sounds like you're a bounty hunter. Yeah, you start. You're starting, holding a thermal detonator. You're starting to do that thing. <laughs> that's weird. It's that's the same thing that Andrews does, where every now and then it gets all crackly and then it cleans up. Oh no, it's that's weird. fine now. It's fine now. Hmm. That is weird. weird. But, uh, you put down that thermal detonator and everything's yeah, fine. Exactly. We oh no. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, the best part of the movie is where they decide that the waterbenders, because you know, Airbender's destined to stop these guys. And what he does is he goes and he finds this secret society of like a million waterbenders. Are like, where have you guys been? Why do you even need this kid? Because it's like the, the united forces of your army is what it's going to take to stop the Fire Nation. Plus, the Fire Nation comes to them on ships. It's like, hey, waterbenders, you know, hello. They're on the ocean. I'm just, I don't want to tell you your business, but Jesus Christ. This seems like a golden opportunity. They're like, we're going to burn as few fires as possible during the battle because we don't give them. Like, hey, I got an idea. Just spitballing. How about none? <laughs> How about no fire? And they're coming on the ocean. And like, if only we had some way of, 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 of getting an advantage of them. If only we had a source of power. But then Asif Manvi comes up and he's found these fish that represent the moon and the ocean. They're the spirits of the moon and the ocean. And he's decided he's going to kill the fish. And they're like, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. If you kill the spirit of the moon. <laughs> I think I stopped is. paying attention by that point because uh, I don't remember any of this. Oh, you missed this. This is the best part of the movie. <laughs> I fell asleep this, then. It's very near the end, so it's the easy part to miss. But this was the, the pinnacle. To me, this was the unintended climax. Because they're saying, no, though, if you kill the moon spirit, everything's connected and the world is balanced. And, blah, blah. and he's like, I don't have time to believe in children's superstitions. I have to kill this fish to rob the moon of its magical powers. <laughs> but that's science. That's proven fact. I don't have time for your ridiculous, superstitious notions. I've got to kill this koi to put out the moon to stop the water elemental people from whatever. Maybe if the chickens aren't hungry, they can be thirsty. <laughs> Woo! It's like... Like, I did, uh, I mean, you, Asif, Asif Manvi, you do comedy. You have to be reading this line and go, like, Christ. But that's the point of the movie where, like, it doesn't get any better than this. There's nothing left. 
There's nothing that will be better than that. Oh, just awful. I'm sorry, it is awful. But just to let you guys know that. Yeah. We, we, we knew, I think. We knew before it came out. Everyone did. I just wanted to say, I gave it the try. I didn't just make the assumption. I watched it. And so the rest of you can know without having to watch it, you were right. Well, Have you ever you just given up on a movie? Wa- watching a movie, I didn't gonna move. Watch. <laughs> I give up on movies all the time. I, I, if I don't like the first ten minutes, I just walk away. I tend to not give up in the sense I turn them off, but I will give up on a movie in that I'm doing something else anyway, mm-hmm. and I'll become so. When you start watching YouTube videos while a movie's on, <laughs> yeah. like that's bad. I was just noting earlier. Uh, I'm sometimes. reading cracked articles. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. reading. You're like, I'll catch up on They're my They're trying emails. to watch a movie, and I'm like, hey, listen to ten things that cats can do that people can't. <laughs> yeah, not interested awesome. in cats. <laughs> I'm really, I'm multitasking now. I'm uh, knitting. Yeah. That's, that's my activity for the day. I would be watching videos of cats if it, you know, wouldn't make such a noise. Yeah, but you were right to try to segue us into what we wanted to talk about tonight, which was... Because we never talk about the topic. Well, you know that I actually appreciate when we don't. <laughs> but we didn't do the last two episodes. Space. Saves it for later. We never got to it tonight. We'll do a part two. Whatever. I don't care. I'm still sitting here looking at the penile prosthesis page on my research notes. I didn't oh my get that that I can destroy them at oh. some point. Don't destroy the penile prostheses. Or you want to destroy the notes? Yes. Sean, I don't actually have a penile prosthesis on me. I'm just saying. <laughs> let's That's not a very ex- expensive piece of equipment. Let's not do everything we can to abolish the Y chromosome. Someone's got to speak up. Well, have you ever read Why Someone's the Last open Man? Someone's got me. The what? Uh, the comic book Why the Last Man. Oh, I've heard of it. Is that what it is? He's literally the last man? He is. He and his monkey, Ampersand are the last two male of any species. <laughs> Except uh, later on you find out some other stuff, but I don't want to completely spoil it. But it's a very interesting uh, discussion about what would happen if women were by all themselves. Um, so some very interesting things happen. Uh, some countries are fine, like Israel, because uh, they've, you know, military uh, participation is mandatory for women. And uh, I want to say there was some other country that, uh, maybe China or something like that, where the women just banded together and created a functioning society, whereas other places it's just like completely destroyed. Well, so do men do the men die off overnight, or do they just yeah they die? die? No, no, they... no, they die instantly. Instantly, oh, okay. what happens? They're a man bomb or something. Um. <laughs> Honestly, I've read all the books, and I'm sure there's an explanation at the end of one of them, but they went through so many different explanations. Like, at first, it was um, some sort of talisman that crossed crossed some country's line, and mystical powers killed all the men, or (laughs) there was a virus and uh, some sort of genetic cloning experiment, experiment, like, destroyed all the men. I honestly... I read all the books and I still don't understand what happened. <laughs> I, I think I have to reread them. Interesting. I have heard of that, and it's everybody really says good. it's good. So I might maybe I check out the trades. Unfortunately, trades are harder to check out because they're expensive. Mhm. But everyone has said that's good. I think 
who who writes that? Uh, uh Brian Vaughn. Brian Vaughn. Yeah. He wrote he wrote Swamp Thing for a while, so I read some of his Swamp Thing stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, we've been all right. We've got a female prime minister. Oh yeah, we've it's, got. It's not going to be that that wipes us out. It's going to be all the goddamn natural apocalypses that are happening to Australia at the moment. Oh, I don't gosh. know when when Sarah Palin 64 becomes president. Sixty-four houses have been burnt down in Perth. I, I read that because I, I follow Ben Templesmith on Twitter and he's been he's from Perth and uh, he's been saying his parents' houses are I guess fine but he's really worried about them or something like that and I'm like oh my god yeah well the fire is sort of under control but you know if a wind comes up and something happens half the country's in flood and the other half is on fire as usual so was it a, just a regular it's not going to be fire? in the Australia left or just uh, I'm not sure. Nothing started hmm. the fire. Too many, too many things to keep up. Well, it is the middle of summer over here, so it doesn't need to be anything started a fire. Mm. Well, that's scary. Because yeah. that is actually, I mean, that's why fictional apocalypses are more fun, because you don't really think they're going to happen. But, well, there was a fire the, down the street from my house the other week. I only noticed because there was all these people standing outside my house and pointing, and I was like, what are they pointing at? And I go down the road, and there's this smoke everywhere. And wow. I didn't actually see any fire trucks, but I saw a lot of camera crews. Well, I almost had a fire in my toaster oven. It's serious. <laughs> Not the same. Yeah. So, I'm trying to relate. You know, my sink overflowed the other day. That's almost the same <laughs> yeah, as having a like, cyclone yeah, wipe like out a, half your town. My whole bathroom flooded. Like half an inch. It's terrible. I just I know exactly how you feel. Yeah, really. But it's just kind of weird because We're none of it's hitting trouble. me. I mean, here in Tamworth, I mean, none, none of it's happened. It's all like in Queensland or in Victoria or well, that's over good. Of the country. I mean, uh, it's not good for everybody else, but at least I'm, I'm glad. Or if you see an in, in Queensland, which looks surprisingly like Tasmania. Yeah, I saw that when you posted that on Facebook. Stupid. <laughs> I'm sorry. We Americans are bad at geography. We don't know things. Yeah, we're stupid. Greg actually believed the world ends at Australia. I think he thinks there's like a cliff, like in The Gods Must Be Crazy, where you have to throw a Coke bottle over it. Yeah, the, he, he thinks this is where the dragons he are, actually literally. is like the, the Bushman in The Gods Must Be Crazy. Honestly, I, didn't he know that Oprah came here? It couldn't be that bad if Oprah came here. I'm not, I'm not sure that's selling it. Really? We paid her millions of dollars to come over here and sell Australia. So, but that was before all the floods and the fires. I hope it wasn't to sell it to Americans. I guess a lot of Americans will listen to Oprah. I think they will. She gives them cars. I was wondering about that because you have to pay taxes on, like, 50% taxes on whatever you win on game shows. So imagine winning a car I know, and getting Oprah a phone and call. then you have to pay $6,000 in taxes on it or something like that. Yeah, no, you have to well, make she, sure you and have she gave them to all these people who couldn't afford to buy them on their own. So, although I don't and know if it would count as a too. gift or as a prize, I don't know. Well, well they, they didn't could... do anything other than be poor. So, <laughs> 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 so whatever. So we were going to talk about space exploitation tonight. And as an extension, not a direct, ex- oh, a direct extent. I don't know. Okay, whatever. <laughs> but uh, not a, a direct follow-up uh, as far as the sex and space thing. Because, but but it does involve that as well. As how? But we really, Lynn, you found an article. I did not. 
Um, Gretchen. Were you, were you pointed Gretchen sent a link to Tracy um, just after we were talking about sex in space. I don't know how she knew. Well, you, Gretchen's just psychic. Yeah, we hadn't even had the episode out yet. But Gretchen, that's how tuned in she is. She, she sent knew. a link to an article which referenced this particular article, although it referenced it incorrectly, so it took some finding. So you, and then you the, found it. So yeah, it's in the Journal so of you Cosmology. Correct me for no reason. That's <laughs> it. So you found it. Yes, I found it, and I read it, and I, there was much amusement. <laughs> Sent every second line to Sean because I was being so amused. Yeah, Look so, at this line, isn't so, he an idiot? By <laughs> proxy, <laughs> I've read most of it already. But the the idea of this is, it was interesting. This guy who purports to be some kind of expert on the subject wrote an article over what how sex in space would actually be a factor in having long-term space voyages like a, like a, a Mars mission, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, his, his biggest argument seems to be that if people have sex on space, sex in space, it's going to destroy the team dynamic because, A, all of the females are going to only want to have sex with the captain, which will lead to the other men getting terribly, terribly jealous. And, and why is that the assumption? Because all women are shallow and only go for the top-class people. There's this, He's got quotes from these astronauts that are like, Oh, yeah, I get tail all the time because I'm an astronaut. Chicks dig astronauts. Yeah, he uses quotes the, he, are, he uses terminology that we we don't even say That's in a cleaned-up version of what they've yeah. been saying. <laughs> I mean, he, it doesn't he, sound like a science article a at all. of is what he gets from being an astronaut. Yeah, so we'll So apparently that. being the captain of the astronaut ship will make you, all the women on board, just go crazy and only want to have sex with you. Here's here, Just to give you guys a preview, here are the key words listed at the top of this article. Sex... Mars, pregnancy, fetal development, menstruation, testes, ovaries, radiation, gravity, sexual conflicts. Those are the key words. This is what they've identified as the searchable There are a lot elements. of words in there, but his, his primary concern seems to be that the group dynamics will be destroyed, either from the fact that every that you know all the girls will have sex with only the captain, or from the fact that there'll be a pregnancy, which he seems to think is the biggest calamity ever to befall all the crew of males. <laughs> is having a girl get pregnant. Because it just He's turns like, into the, a straight comedy. He, he says, point. there are two terrible things that could happen. Either a woman could get raped, which would be, you know, bad for the group dynamics. The group dynamics, not for the woman. Or, even <laughs> yeah, worse, she could fall in love, which will lead to pregnancy. Oh my god! And then the, everything will fall apart. The whole world will fall apart. And then she he, can, he does put. And then she has like a, a rape pregnancy. Then oh my god! Yeah, but it's worse if she falls in love together. and then gets pregnant. Because you know, if you fall in love, you get pregnant. Yeah, almost immediately. I don't know that he actually understands the act of getting pregnant. Performance of the sex act during a journey to Mars may require potentially complex sexual gymnastics. That's the first line. <laughs> This guy. What I like is how he said you should mandate that the women have to service in in rotation the men yeah. to Ooh. keep morale up. So I guess female morale is not that big a concern. So essentially, the, the the female astronauts have to prostitute themselves in order to please the man. Keep the group morale. Yeah, yeah. Every every one of That's these seems to be a consideration that he is not going to be one of the ones who gets a girl. <laughs> He also said that if the captain is um, taking all of the women, the other men on board should be able to have a vote and demote him as captain. Survivor style. 
Well, what happens if he gets one of the women and they vote him off as captain and the woman still likes him? Does the new captain yeah, what happens get if the woman to actually demand has an emotional the attention of, of the women? just sleeping with him because he's the captain, yeah. And just as female primates and other female mammals seek sex with high-status males whom they most prefer, the same can be said of the human female. He does a lot of work. A lot of his examples are just that monkeys do it, so women will. <laughs> so, like, all the scientific citations are studies of monkeys. And he just extrapolates that without any kind of... He doesn't, he doesn't in any way modify it. He's just like, that's exactly how we do it. I, for one, fling my poop. <laughs> I don't know how you guys do it. He makes some interesting comments. He, ma- he, he makes it sound like it's a, it's a crime against science that women haven't been forced by NASA to give up their menstrual information so what? that he could study it to tell whether or not they'd get pregnant. That just sounds creepy. This guy is He sounds a creep. creepy all over. We males found ourselves surrounded by quivering cupcakes. What? There's a line. It reads like the like uh, the Robin. Remember when the guy who played Robin in the Batman TV show wrote a book? Or maybe you know about this. It probably happened before you were... Before our time. It was called My Life in Tights. And the, the whole book was about just how much how much action he got because he was in Batman. <laughs> well, tights are rather alluring, I must say. I find men in tights very attractive. <laughs> the carry always. and capes and fairy boots. <laughs> and fairy boots. Very nice. I have been known to belong to medieval reenactment societies where there are a lot of men in tights and very <laughs> short skirts. <laughs> yeah, no. Anyway. This is what I don't understand. <laughs> Back it to can, the astronauts. He says, it can be predicted that of high status, that astronauts of the opposite sex will be sexually attracted to one another and may act on the sexual desires. Now, the fact that they're all... And this is what I... I, I remember you were saying this, and I kind of thought this before. It's like, if you're a female astronaut, you're not going to be excited about a male astronaut because they're peers. So you're not going to be like, oh, wow, he's an astronaut. You're an astronaut. You don't care. <laughs> Who the hell are you? Yeah, yeah. Did you hear that example that he used of that that crazy astronaut whose whose boyfriend slept with someone else? So she, you know, put on nappies and drove all the way down there to oh, do yes. something or other. But they apprehended her first. They're like, "See, all astronaut females are crazy." crazy. I'm like, yeah, exactly. "It was a crazy lady. It doesn't mean that everybody's going to go like that." There's been many female astronauts who've gone up there and haven't turned out to, you know, stalk their male coworkers and that sort of business. That's the best. Using undiscovered evidence. <laughs> well, there was. The, I think there are only a couple of examples that he used that actually interest me. There was the one about the people who had actually been isolated in the community, and the woman actually almost did get raped because they were doing a precursor trial to see whether people, how people would react if they were locked in together. Was this the one in Russia? Like environment. Yeah, I think so. And yeah, I think I heard about that one. They locked a bunch. And the of captain. The captain beat up one of the other guys and then tried to just have his way with her. And she demanded that there were locks on her door. And he ends with the ominous comment, but there won't be any locks on the door in outer space. <gasps> and I'm like, why not? <laughs> I would have a lock yeah, if why? I was a female. Yeah, space locks. That's ridiculous. <laughs> it's like, where, do you, where do you think we are? Did that you hear is, the story about the... Uh, there's some soldier in Nepal... Um, who fended off uh, 40 assailants or something like that from some girl was about to get raped. Uh, 
by, I don't know, uh, some gang of robbers that were going around the train. And he fended off like 40 guys. He, he killed two of them and he, then he stabbed like eight more. God. Did they all yeah. him one at a time yelling, ah? Yeah, exactly, in ninja outfits. Yeah. Well, if it's on a train, on they probably didn't have a lot of room to gang up on him, so that was probably how he got the advantage. We've got to just decide, is rape this important to us? Took a lot of losses on that, guys. What I like about Even this if is we ended up getting the rape, it would What are some possible consequences? Rape? Murder? The monopolization of female astronauts by one or two high-ranking males. That's like the scale. Apparently we can be treated. Murder number two. And it's always always that it's worse for the other men on board because all the women are being monopolized, which is terrible for the other men on board. He doesn't talk about whether or not the women would be unhappy to be monopolized. Yeah. He just assumes that they'll be in on it because, you know, the monkeys do. (laughs) Apparently us women are easygoing. Easy in one way, anyway. <laughs> Some men harass females for sex. Women will be- behave seductively. Sexual frustrations increase. And romantic rivalries develop. See, I have to question whether women will actually act seductively, because I'm assuming when guys are horny, anything that a woman does is seductive. I'm also going so to assume... So she could sneeze where, and, and some guy in the corner gets riled up. He's like, ooh. Where the threat of rape is, is permeating the air, probably the women are not acting that seductive. Exactly. Is it in this article or another one where it talks about the effect of... When you've got two high-ranking males that think that, they're, they're, that they are entitled to a woman and one guy sitting in the corner going, Captain gets all the chicks, so they're probably they're all just putting on beards and pretending to be men at that point. I would well, what too, about that honestly. one where they're talking about the effects of zero G on boobs and how like women should be banned because you know they've all got boobs and they're going to be jiggling about and the effects of zero G and that's going to be in, terrible for the men. But men's. in zero G, we didn't we establish that men can't get erections, so isn't it a wash? Well, we're not sure about that, but that's why the that's where the penile prosthesis come in. Yeah, if you've got to have like if Reebok's got to get involved for you to get an erection, then you're probably okay with the jiggling at that point. <laughs> Is my guess. But do you think it would be more frustrating to not even be able to get an erection when you were looking at something arousing? Wouldn't you still be frustrated mentally? I don't know. I guess it depends on who you are. It's a mental case of blue balls. I guess that depends on who you are, though. In some cases, maybe it would be liberating. So I'm kind of glad to not have to worry about this. Yeah, yeah I'm wearing tights up here, you know? Yeah, really. I mean, I literally pissed my pants up here. We don't have a bathroom. I have I have to pee in my suit. So the last thing I want is an unsolicited bodily discharge. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm kind of glad. That could get quite messy in, in space. <laughs> if yes, if I got to be around all these bouncing, and, and, and I got to give Greg credit here. It's not like they're sending strippers up there. The, the idea of bouncing boobs is not exactly like it turns into Barbarella just because we got up there. It's it's a it's a lady scientist dressed in a full body spacesuit or a, or a less than form fitting jumpsuit. I must say though, one some of the issues that he raises uh, re uh, radiation and um, that sort of infertility in women and are actually the same issues raised by Edmund Cooper in Slaves of Heaven. 
What is this? I th- <laughs> yeah, I well, they this. talk about whether or not people would actually be able to get pregnant um, in the radiation of space, mm-hmm. or even in the different gravity and the radiation, that sort of thing. In Slaves of Heaven, uh, the infamous book by Edmund Cooper that Sean has at times read on the show, too much acclaim, um, the people are living in outer space, and the reason why they steal the Earth women is that their own women have become infertile from living in outer space too long. But hmm. it, it, to, to, to draw on that, that comparison, though, in Slaves of Heaven, not to say it is more scientifically viable, although it may be more scientifically valid than this, than this paper. The difference <laughs> is that exposure to radiation made them infertile permanently. He's acting like you would go up into outer space and become temporarily infertile because you're in space. Well, it's hard to know. He does mention that some women have been having trouble conceiving after they've come back from space. But a lot of them haven't tried to have babies beforehand, so it's difficult to actually measure. Mm. Yeah, well, that's why they're being and they won't give up their damn about their menstrual cycles. They can't do that. It's like, well, you, you've been saying that we should share the women sexually, and now you want to know about their menstrual cycles. It's coming off as more creepy than it is scientific. <laughs> Maybe the request should have come from someone more credible. Mm. My question is. Just forgetting the the whole idea of space travel, if um, what would happen if we colonized a planet that had a little bit less gravity than Earth? Because I, I I'll admit I'm not very good at science, so uh, I remember we were watching um, John. What was that movie with Mars? Red Mars? No. Red planet. Red planet. Yeah. Oh lord, yeah. that's terrible. Yeah, and just the idea the of dog is from? Yeah. it's it's like a robot ape, really. Well, he's um, more. I guess he looks more like a tiger, but he runs around like a dog. Yeah. Don't they? Don't they call him something like Rover? Does it sound like a scientific program? There, it wasn't a documentary. I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah, it was. They, this happened. So just the idea. <laughs> no, it's a Doc uh, Gilmer movie. Yeah, Mars being colonized. How would? Uh, Lower gravity. Well, he mentions this. He mentions this in the article. Um, Rohan Joseph, the name of the author, he actually mentions how people born on Mars could actually be genetically different and would not, perhaps, would not survive on Earth, and therefore would become the first true Martians. I don't know about genetically different because genetics change because of environmental factors bring out selective. You know, they bring out natural selection. Genetics don't change because of your... I think they'd be physically different because they'd be born in a different gravity. They'd been born with different environmental factors. But that wouldn't well, change their genetic structure. Well, it's possible that the, the radiation would cause, cause genetic mutations, which would be if, advantageous and thus become yeah, part of the population I don't think that there's time. any science to suggest that, that radiation on Mars would cause a genetic mutation. Most of the time, genetic mutation is thrown out there by science fiction. I don't think there's a lot of science that, that even shows... Genetic mutation based on on actual radiation. You well, know? genetic mutation happens anyway. That's one of those things that just always happens. That's yeah, how we get change in our and, population. And the environmental factors can have a, a play, but usually the environment doesn't provoke a genetic mutation. But genetic mutation makes certain people better able to survive in a certain environment, and those genes last over time. Yeah, it doesn't provoke it; it just promotes yeah, those people so surviving. The first generation think, of people born on Mars wouldn't be any genetically different than us, unless there was massive. Uh, other factors that came into play. Massively other factors. Well, there's also the... 
the gravity to take into account, you know, that has effect. But gravitational, like I said, any environmental factor is not going to provoke a genetic mutation, like a spontaneous mutation. Well, it's, let's not say genetic, let's just say environmentally different. Well, yeah, I mean, and I'm not arguing that at all. They would definitely be physically different because babies born into a different gravity would adapt differently. And I think they'd be able to. And then over if time... they even could be born. But yeah. I was thinking the other day that, you know, if you're going to be pregnant, pregnant in zero G is probably a little bit nicer than pregnant in our gravity. Yeah, Tracy was saying they just kind of float around up there, right? Even your internal nice. organs. Yeah. So, yeah, if the baby was just kind of bobbing around, that'd be a lot easier to deal with. Can you imagine trying to give birth, though? Good God. Getting them out. Yeah, everything's <laughs> cesarean. Why? Maybe well, it's cesarean. That, it's not like it's gravity that pulls babies out now. I guess, like, yeah, I guess they don't just no, fall but out. It, I think they've done research that does show that um, laying down is that's a relatively new uh, invention. Yeah, women of, of, usually squat to have babies. Yeah, so just <laughs> the natural force of gravity helps even that that little bit. Yeah, but they do those water births where they float in a pool or something, and that's gravitationally yeah, speaking, yeah. that's got to be somewhat as as comparable as it can be. To well, I don't zero think G pushing the, the baby out is going to be the big issue here. But what's going to happen is these kids are probably not going to be suited or perfectly suited to return to Earth if the gravitation is different because they grow up. But that's true, you know, anywhere. I mean, the pe- people adapt to the environment they live yeah. in. Over time, the only reason that that would even force a genetic trait is if the environment were so harsh that only people who perfectly adapted to it could survive. If everyone survived, then there wouldn't even be a genetic shift at all except that they would be like a baby could be born on mars and you take him to earth right away and he would grow up normal because there'd be nothing genetically different from at all the idea that they'd be new martians that's ridiculous environmental factors that had had, um, factored into play while he was developing didn't change him to such a degree that he could couldn't survive honestly i don't I don't think radiation would be that much of an issue because i'm assuming if they're terraforming mars they're going to have some sort of cloud cover or something. They're going to figure out a way to protect yeah. themselves from radiation. We'll adapt the it's environment to us as much as possible. The, and, and the gravity right. is more of the issue. If the radiation's that yeah. profound, it's going to prevent childbirth. It's going, to, that it's going to prevent procreation if it's that yeah. bad. So you're not going to have kids born with like eight arms. You're not going to have like superhero kids born. They're just going to have. Yeah, why does everyone assume radiation is going to make you a superhero? It just makes you some weird mutant. It just makes you sick. I'm just thinking of that you, you that guy who got radiation people. poisoning from supposedly Putin. Anyone but, remember that? Oh yeah, I do remember that. That's pretty sinister. That's pretty. That's like that's Blofeld. Yeah. To be able to do that. But whenever people think of oh radiation, I'm gonna be able to fly or I'll have eight arms or something. No, you're probably just gonna get really sick and then die. Yeah, you're gonna yeah, become feeble and weak, happen. and then uh, that's it. But yeah, the, it's possible that they wouldn't even be able to conceive. There's so many issues. To even for him to even suggest that there would be some kind of genetic change in I don't know if he said genetic, generation. but he just did he did mention change. Well, I mean, if for him to say that they'd be the first Martians sort of suggests that he thinks they'd be physically different from earthbound human beings. Yeah, he does think that they're going to be different. They'll grow up different. But like I said, if you could, if you had the technology to transplant a newborn baby straight to Earth from there, they'd be exactly the same. Because mm-hmm. the genetics don't change. I mean, evolution, no one seems to really understand evolution. They think that it's like some kind of some kind of actual force at work. 
but what it is is just a very it's a, it's a random series of lucky circumstances that that lead to conditions that become more prevalent in a species. I think the fact that humans now choose their select their mates in an entirely different fashion to how we did when we we're in the wild when we selected traits like are they a good hunter and that sort of business. We do, it's making our evolution entirely different. We don't really have at work, and, and this is, I don't know if you ever read The Time Machine by H.B. Wells, but he said this. He said, you know, and that's what The Time Machine's all about. You know, the Eloi are a, a species that stops evolving. And that's what he's saying we will become. And he's right. I mean, not literally, but he's right in the fact that when you become perfectly in harmony with nature, then you just become a mechanism, which is what he says in the book. Because mm-hmm. it's. We develop intelligence as as a survival skill because we're not as strong as other animals or we're not as fast as other animals. We developed intelligence because that was our way to survive. It didn't happen on purpose. It just happened that the smartest monkeys survived and they bred and they made other smart monkeys. And, you know, eventually one way, I mean, not to say we directly came from monkeys, but whatever, through the process of evolution, you know, when the human beings as a hominid, Develop it's got to do with survival, and it's also ones. got to do with sexual selection. So yeah, and it usually, would depend on how, how and people usually select their the, mates. Back in those days, they, the sexual selection was based on who could keep you alive. So it was based on survival. So it was still, mm-hmm. you know, survival of the strongest to some point, but also survival of the smartest because it was the smart Apparently ones. Apparently redheads are also safe. evolving out of the population. <laughs> oh, really? That's a damn shame. Well, not but, with redheaded boys, but with redheaded girls. Maybe that's where it's happening. It's like people are selecting redheaded girls, but the redheaded boys aren't making. It's like, well, it's, a, it's harder and harder to keep the trade alive. We've already cut down by fifty percent. I don't know why people like redheaded girls. They don't like redheaded boys, but you know, it's, you need both to keep that population up. I like redheaded boys. Well, there you go. I think it depends. Yeah. Depends on the boy. Yeah, like any yeah. trade, depends on the boy. Yeah, but I think it's, I have, it's like, more. Boys. I, it's probably more prevalent that a, a woman could be like a full ginger and still be, you know, considered very attractive. But a full ginger guy can be considered weird looking and a little frightening. Mm. Well, it's because women know how to make themselves look good, and men generally don't bother. <laughs> That's true, true too. <laughs> <laughs> well, also a way that you guys, Which is why they're they're so you guys stay ahead of the curve in the way of in the realm of sexual selection, guys. It's Which, just a crapshoot. It's women and their sexual behavior that leads to men raping them. It's like it's, you said, women are slowly finding a way to make babies while even having men around. That's how. That's how off the job we are. Like, are you serious? It's like, yeah, they they're working. Like, the fact that even anyone's looking into this should give us pause, as far as what our as far as our our moves are concerned. It's like, someone actually stopped to think if it was possible to have a world without men and still maintain human humanity. Well, it's causing a backlash because we're getting books coming out now written by men, you know, defending themselves why men are necessary and that sort of business. And I didn't read the book, but I can imagine the whole thing would just make me laugh. Well, or like, get angry. Somebody again, has to open jars for you. At the point yeah. that you have to make that <laughs> argument, the point that you have decided that argument is valid, like it's necessary to even make the case, then you're working against yourself. Because <laughs> if it's not obvious why men are necessary, then you know maybe we do need to be worried. I didn't know that we had to make the case that we ought to exist. <laughs> Well, you're getting behind if we're already testing to see if you're not necessary. Maybe That's you should I mean. be making the Science case. Science has already been put to the task of, could we have all women and not men? 
Because no one has ever thought, no one has ever said, could we have just a planet full, like no man has ever said, how about a planet of just dudes, you know? Just guys, and we can make babies. It'd be great. Like never, even <laughs> never have a bunch of men got together and said that you know, no women, and then we could just hang out and just watch sports, and then you know, dig, do other stuff, and that'd be fine, right? And we could still have babies. <laughs> what what are you talking about? The like that's in the middle of the nest. I'm just saying, you know, that we wouldn't need women, and we could still do the stuff we like to do, and do you all the other stuff. Just get the slap upside the head. Shut up, like, you. Why would you want to make babies? I'm just saying, we could. <laughs> Can you imagine saying, what a world would be like with all men? I'm no. just uh, imagining the the chaos that would happen. Just imagine the the prison population just like threefold. I just I well I'll uh, to make the case because I'm the only why here. I would say that in on either side, a world of all women doesn't sound like a paradise either. But if I had no. to choose. Well, there's an anime where that happens, where there's a planet of women and a planet of men, and they don't really Get understand on. the other gender. Well, I don't... I actually don't think... I don't know. Oh, God. There's also it's, an episode of Sliders where uh, they slide to a world where the male population is dwindling. So they yeah, actually John Rhys-Davies have... sends out this video message saying, Men, you can rise up and become equals to the women. <laughs> yeah. it's a good there's, there's a really dumb episode of The Next Generation like that. To where the women are dominant and the men are effeminate and all that kind of stuff. And they're like, this is and just wrong. Well, it's it's not very... Uh, I, I could probably, I, I'm just saying, it's not very scientifically valid to, to see that that would... Because the reason, on an evolutionary scale, why men and women are the way they are is back in the day when women were having babies, the men had to be stronger because they had to be the ones that protected the household. Because the women were already in a way where they were they were making babies, you know, they were had to be protected. They were already infirm in a sense that they couldn't be at their best. They couldn't be fending off predators while they were already, you know, having kids. And so, at an evolutionary scale, that happens. It's no longer necessary to be that way. Where so now you see women who are who are you know stronger than men, like literally. And you find men that aren't because we're not we're not having to protect ourselves and others in that same dynamic. Well, I was just saying on an evolutionary scale, that's how that happened. And now that evolution has stopped, it's not going to tip in the other direction. It's just that's how it, it, it's sort of maintaining a status quo. To say a world evolved where women were, were the stronger, were the physically stronger, and men were, were less strong, on an evolutionary scale, it's harder to see how that would have happened. Well, it's, it, all it is is that the society, the particular society, has adapted at that point in time to women being in charge. It doesn't necessarily mean that over the evolutionary time they were always stronger. I can accept stronger. that. It just means that perhaps at some point but in the past, something are, changed while we were already But they're civilized. suggesting that women are big and strong and men are small and weak. They're not saying, I can accept a world where matriarchy... Isn't that an Edmund Cooper book as well? They do have one called Gender Genocide where they just they have a full... They, they, it's just a women's society, and they just gather up men and do their business so that they keep making girl babies. And but they mostly just hunt yeah, men. Yeah, I, I have. Yeah, that I one. have to read that one because that one is at its. Where women are actually physically stronger yeah, than men. That one is at its face, not because of that, but it's at its face ridiculous because it literally does have the lesbian orgy on page one. <laughs> Edmund Cooper, you you know what an attention-getting device is, sir. You don't we bury want the snow, lead. snow. <laughs> 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 
but that's all I'm saying. I know that that you could have a society that was a matriarchy makes perfect sense because we've had matriarchal periods in they our own history. In the there you are know, in fact, it, in yeah. fact, it was more prevalent in the further back you go than it is in today's society. Mm-hmm. You know, which yeah. is yeah. Well, I think in, in sliders, it was only a matriarchy. It wasn't that they were stronger or anything like that. It was just that yeah. it had yeah. tended and, to a And I believe that there's there's nothing that 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 is is unreasonable about that but it, in the Star Trek one it was just dumb because they were like I can't a, a big strong man like you most women men are and they have the men in makeup and they all look like midgets and stuff and they're like <laughs> you know it's it's meant to be a, a juxtaposition that's like just hammer handed but they're like see what would it be like if women were in charge it'd be just everything just like this like that Travolta movie where they made remember that where he was the white guy but but the, in the premise of the movie you know, white people were a minority, so white people were in that society just like black people. And black people Wait, in that what? society were just like, White Man's Burden, that's the name of the movie. That sounds like an incredibly oh, retarded no. movie. It, I, I won't say it was because I didn't watch it, but I can only assume. Because it was such a, I mean, all you did was a direct flip. You didn't even try. You were just like, you wrote a movie with white stereotypes and black stereotypes, and then you hired black actors to play the white stereotypes and white actors to play the black stereotype. So what you essentially made was an unbelievably racist movie. Yeah, it just sounds extremely offensive. I don't want to say it was. I didn't watch the movie. I don't like Travolta. But it looked horrible. Because, like, this movie looks like it has nothing to say. Except to say, like, at the end, you ever watch A Time to Kill, that Matthew McConaughey? Mm -mm. The John Grisham thing? No. Whatever. Let's let's move forward. (laughs) God. I mean, they're not that old. Don't know what you're ranting about this <laughs> yeah, time, Sean. I keep just spiraling deeper and deeper into references. That, like, I mean, the disconnect nope. is, is broadening. I just can't get nope. back in. I don't know how. I'm so far out now. All right. So we're, let's, we're, we're, let's get back <laughs> on the, the topic. Well, I remember um, one scientist had done a paper about the possibility of colonization, and he likened it to the idea of the colonizers, um, the the pilgrims, basically, and the idea that if we sent people to Mars, they would never come back. I agree with that. Probably... I agree with that because of what the dude said was not that it would that people would evolve, but as soon as you have that first generation born into a different environment, it would be even if the trip were easy, which it would not be. It's it's the the analogy holds for that too because a trip back to Earth would be would be life threatening, just like a, a trip by ship across continents was then. But they'd also not be very well suited, not just you know so in in the culture which would be different, but also they would not be very well suited to the environment. And, and not just gravity, but you think about, you know, the way your immune system develops is based on what kind of viruses are in the, are, are in the environment and what kind of germs you're likely to face. And mm-hmm. those are likely to be completely different. So, and, and that happened also in the colonization where the Europeans brought illnesses to the Native Americans that they were not prepared to deal with. They'd never encountered them. Their immune systems failed them. And we don't think about that. Like I was, I went to Roanoke a few years ago, which was the lost colony that disappeared. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that was, you know, I'm reading the story of Roanoke, and they're like, you know, the 
people wrote Croatoan on the tree, and then there was an island called Croatoan not very far off. And I'm like, well, what the hell? Why didn't they go to that island? That's probably where the people went. It's like, but then I read the story about the guy who went back looking for the colony, and they lost so many people before they even made it back to the original colony. And it was such a terrible journey, and they, they had this one little clue, but even it seems like it's not very far to just go up a few islands up, but they were already like, let's go back. Your people aren't here. You know, we're dying. You know, let's go back. And I have you to don't look up where this place is. I'm sorry. Roanoke is up in uh, North Carolina. It's right out in the in the Outer Banks, not very far from Kitty Hawk, where the Wright brothers had their first flight. Mm. Very nice up there. We we went vacation up there, which one we saw was a very nice area. But it was neat to see the history. You know what I think is interesting? For the for the very rarity of space travel, people have devoted a lot of time to creating sexual techniques and uh, assistance to actually getting sex working in zero G. That's why I think it, we're going to make it it's work. It's called NASA Sutra. NASA Sutra. That's awesome. People have devoted so much time to this that just. You know, it, it's, it barely even happens, although Gene Roddenberry apparently has said that I guarantee that people have had sex in space because that just makes sense. I've got to agree with him on that. You've sent men and women well, up in I space, you've sent couples up in space. There's actually, if, you, if you're really interested in the world, seriously, just Google sex in space. Like, this isn't a new topic because there's, like, History Channel stuff but the you can Wikipedia, see on YouTube. There has a whole Wikipedia entry on sex in space that's very interesting. But there's, we've sent a married couple up into space before. Well, I think, I mean, dependent on those physiological factors about whether or not, you know, you could obtain an erection, that would, that would probably be the only thing that would hold people back. Well, and, you know, as some people have pointed out, you may say just sending people up, but, I mean, you're going up in a ship where there's very little room for privacy or whatever unless everyone conspired to yeah. allow them to have it, which they might have. But it does seem to me like, you know, given that we have like a mile-high club, and given that, you know, so many other much dumber things have happened, if there are people up in space and the opportunity presented itself and it was physically possible, you know, I, have, I have full confidence it would have happened. Just because, you know, yeah, if, given those that's, something, that's something that you would, like, especially if you're a married couple, that's something you'd want to be able to say happened later on. Like, oh, yeah, we did it in space. We're, we're pretty sure we did it. They've actually filmed porn in freefall to emulate... <laughs> to emulate sex in space. Well, that's why I think it's going to happen. Like for for all the things you can say that it's not possible, we have already. Even though the idea of going into space permanently or going into like colonizing an, an alien world or like spending an extended time in space and making babies, even though that's a that's a remote to the point of being ridiculous concept to us where we are in history right now. We have already put resources to figuring it out. Like the fact that we many, already many have, so the fact that that's already been the topic of much discussion, even though it's in no way really relevant in a practical sense to where we are, says to me that we will make it happen. We can do this. It will be possible probably before the actual space travel itself is possible. Yeah. Oh yeah, we'll figure it out in zero G. In fact, that may be the thing that gets the, that gets the jump start to the space program. We're like, dude, we could totally do it. We proved it. Like, oh, well, then what are we waiting for? We need to get to Mars. So we can do this uh, cool yeah, so three dolphins technique. Up. I've been reading the NASA <laughs> Sutra. Yeah. The NASA Sutra says I got this whole Velcro outfit that I strap yeah. this together. It's awesome. 
The two suit. The two suit. Yeah, that's that's it. And you can see if you go on YouTube or whatever, because we could we could quote this stuff or play this stuff forever. But seriously, it doesn't take very much. Just go look this stuff up because there's been a lot of serious. I'm talking about like stuff on the History Channel, like real stuff where people have discussed this. Serious scientific studies, it's, although it's uncertain whether or not NASA really has done a study. Did you hear about the um the fake NASA paper? No. What fake NASA paper? Well, apparently, quite a few years back, a document called Document... Oh, it's on the Wikipedia page anyway. It's a bunch of numbers, really, all the documents called. And um, it was, you know, saying, purporting that NASA had um, tried at least, like, ten different sexual techniques and they'd decided which ones were the best in outer space and that sort of business. It was just a whole fake document. <laughs> but there have been people who have written scientific papers based around this fake document without realising it's actually fake. Oh. Oopsies. That's awesome. Well, it shows you how it fires the imagination. I think maybe they should do a sex study in space. Do you realise how much how much that would get people interested in NASA? Yeah, people don't care now. Alright, I'm getting sick of this show, Sean. Stop the show. <laughs> Already, well, this show sucks. We're done. Show sucks. It's boring. This is another bad show. It's like this show's no different from any show. You're just paying attention this time. <laughs> I don't like it. We shouldn't even make this an episode. Well, I think we probably have a lot to cover here, so let's just go ahead and wrap this for now, and we'll come back and do a part two of that. We have a lot more to talk about. There's a lot more sex in space to be had. Yeah, so we'll give Greg a, sef- a second crack at sex, uh, space exploitation. Although I, I suspect that we will not hear from him. But in, in the meantime, you're out there, Greg. We miss you. Yeah, we'll s- we need to know when we're being boring. See you when we're being. Bo- yeah, exactly. Because we don't have anyone else to tell us we suck. We have to have people <laughs> on the show saying it while it's happening to have a preemptive suck. Where it's, but it doesn't even matter for people to come in and tell us. Like we said it ourselves while recording. Preemptive suck. Preemptive suck. <laughs> oh, it's, I don't know what happened to the show this year. But you can listen to the show at tv8mydinner.com. That's where we have all our episodes. You can follow us on uh, darkcrazy.com because we do have some extra content there. We are on Facebook, so you can Facebook us. You can Facebook me also, because I post a bunch of stuff on, on my personal Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter. We're on Twitter. so Sean tweets. You can follow us on YouTube at youtube.com slash darkcrazytv, so you can, if you're the type to watch our videos, we have some videos. We're putting out some new stuff. And uh, we also have Android and iPhone apps apparently that you can Ooh. get so sorry for you people who have already purchased those apps and gotten nothing for your money I've, I'm going to start offering extras I just realized last week how to upload extras like so that uh, you can have a uh, download uh, backgrounds for your iPhone and we'll have some audio stuff almost a good enough reason to get an things. iPhone so yeah go out and get an iPhone so you can buy your $2 app but so I promise to those of you who have already taken the plunge we'll give you something for, for that because I didn't even know what it was they just started telling me we had them but I think I'm getting a handle on it now so we'll come up with some stuff for that and we'll be back next week with some more space exploitation so in the meantime my name is Sean my name is Tracy I'm Lynn. that's Tracy and Lynn <laughs> we just talk over the top of each other it's a great idea <laughs> and we'll see you guys next week yep bye bye
This has been TV8 My Dinner. Don't forget to visit our forum at www.forum.tv8mydinner.com. Oh, uh, yeah, he does that. <laughs>